The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I am live today. The travels have ended temporarily. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you to The Visual Workplace. I'm your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. And in each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living landscape of work through visual devices, through visual systems, whether or not we work in a hospital, in an office, in a factory, in overhaul and repair, in utilities, on a boat, in a retail store, it's the same. How do we install the language of our current level of operations, our current level of excellence, if you wish, even if we're not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we know we will be? We install that level. We make it concrete and specific by way of mechanical devices. They're called visual devices, visual mini systems, visual solutions so that we can literally see how we think. We can see our intelligence in action. And we can predict how that thinking will function. In fact, we can see it function and we can change it. We use that level of visuality as a platform for our improvement journey. And why do we bother? We bother for the incredible trackable bottom line benefits. 15 to 30% increase in productivity. We see that on the value add level all the time. And it's in terms of improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs. We also do it for the splendid cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce on all levels, not just value-add associates operator level, but also the CEO and supervisors and middle management and sales and marketing, an entire workforce connected through this language of visuality and visuality is always also an improvement language. It is a language of connection, but it is also a language of improvement. And you know why else we do it? So we can enjoy ourselves at work. So this place that we spend so much of our time at becomes a place of enjoyment. Ono said it best, Taichi Ono, co-architect with Shigeo Shingo of the Toyota Production System. He said, people don't come to Toyota to work, they come to think. We enjoy ourselves along the way. We learn, we open, we expand, we connect. And work becomes a place we want to go to, not we want to escape from. Mm? Very, very different and very available, not at all 
beyond the reach of every single company and company employee who's listening now. Oh, wonderful. So welcome. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. And as I like to say, this becomes a call-in show as soon as you call in (laughs) our call-in number, questions, comments, whatever you like, your own anecdotes, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. We'll begin our show today on beauty Beauty, beautiful, a workplace fit for humans in just a moment. Just a few announcements. I have a, I want to tell you about the seminar that I'm doing next week in Albuquerque. Actually, the registration is closed, but I want you to understand that I do this everywhere. I can do this in your neighborhood under the sponsorship of either you or um, an organization like ASQ or AME or SME or one of the local manufacturing extension partnerships who are happy to work in collaboration with sponsored groups. I'm going to be going to England in May, uh, second week in May, doing a keynote at the Lean Management Journal European Conference in London. I'm very pleased. We'll also be, I'll also be manning a panel. I think Dan Jones is on it, and I'm sorry the names of the other notables escape me, but that's always very interesting to see how other people think about the same question and have a chance to respond. I like having a chance to respond. And during the same trip, I will be doing a visual thinking seminar and visual site assessment in Galway, Ireland, at Boston Scientific, sponsored through the University of Buckingham in Buckingham. Very much looking forward to that. And I'll tell you secretly, I've never been to Ireland before. I'm really very, very thrilled. And then uh, a couple of other things that we know about that's coming in the fall. We'll be in Mexico doing a double uh, visual thinking seminar and side assessment during the week of October 20th and October 24th. And you'll find more details as those details get worked out. I'm also probably going to be going to England again, and then we hope doing a round of seminars in the United States. Please let us know if you're interested. We are certainly happy to do these things on site. And there's a lot of other very nice things coming. So those are the ends of, that's the end of our announcements for today. And now I'm going to kind of jump into the subject matter because I think it will take us the whole show. And I'm excited to be sharing this with you. Today, I want to talk to you about beautiful, a workplace fit for humans, about the absence of beauty and the need for beauty and how to bring it in, in some small steps to stir the eye and inspire the heart and let our workplace be a workplace where we can be complete, we can be whole. It actually is a place that holds all of us. So I've been traveling a lot, far too much over the past two weeks. And come the end of May, it will lighten up, uh, and, and so there it is. It's always instructive when I'm on the road. I know it may sound odd, but sometimes the challenge is not always the work itself, the work schedule and the work pace. Sometimes the challenge is simply the unavailability of beautiful, beautiful fresh food, because I need like food with a single ingredient when I'm traveling. If I eat processed food or packaged food, boy, I tell you, I can't think straight. So I need just plain single ingredient nourishment, one thing. Another thing I noticed on my last trip is that I needed I need air. I didn't know I, I needed it because it was always there. But I was working in an overhaul and repair factory a few weeks ago. And for some reason, 
it actually, I later found out, was a misbegotten cost-saving scheme, management decided to turn off the air conditioning. It wasn't there to cool the air. It was there to bring the air. And uh, I, I needed oxygen, and I couldn't find it. Do you know that 78% of the air that we breathe is actually nitrogen? Only about 20% of it is oxygen. And we need something between 19... This is OSHA regula- regulation, by the way. I'm not so smart. OSHA figured this out. <laughs> we need something between 19.5 and 23.5% oxygen in the air that we breathe. If it drops below 10, we get nauseous and lose consciousness. And below 6, well, we don't survive. That's sort of like the death zone on um, Everest. Some rare people have lungs that are long enough and expansive enough to be able to deal with that, but the rest of us need oxygen piped into our lungs. Hmm? So, I want to talk today about creating beautiful, nourishing work environments, even in an overhaul and repair facility. We have to expect beauty, we have to want it, but we also have to create it. Work and ugly are not required partners of each other. We should not assume that our workplace has to be ugly. Whatever the work, we are humans who work there. And pretending that we can tolerate anything that is, for example, ugly is not a solution. So I want to tackle this subject of beauty in the workplace from a few angles. This won't be complete, but these are kind of, this is my personal take on it. I want to talk about it personally, and I want to talk about it in terms of the team or the department and the campus itself and the corporate intent, the company or enterprise vision. Beauty, you don't see it on many to-do lists. We feel lucky if we encounter it outside of work. We don't expect it at work, except perhaps as a reward for meritorious service, as when we get promoted and have an office. An office maybe has a window, and the window maybe has a tree outside, and our heart sings. A window with a view on beauty, how lucky can you get? Yes, we expect beauty outside of work, well, where we can find it. And here in the United States, many of us grew up in homes that just scraped by. Beauty was not an issue in any sense of the word, not negative, not positive. But I want to tell you about my own encounter with beauty when I was a kid. My mom worked because my father had a heart attack at 50, and she had to support the family, my brother, myself, and Pop, my father. We had chores, us children. We worked hard. But it was bare bones. It was a bare light bulb existence, except for one time a year when things turned magical, and that was at Christmas. My mother was very big into Christmas and all of its glitter, and for her it was magic, a moment where things were transformed into lights and surprises and beauty. And my, my father rejected it. He would tell us every year, don't get me anything. And the the sub-message was, I'm not getting you anything, don't you get me anything. And every year we did. We got him something, and one year we didn't. And boy, did we get an earful. Under it, under this requirement that we ignore him at Christmas, was a man who wanted a gift and was hurt when he didn't get it. And he never gave us any, but we then 
We then resumed and began to give him gifts again. We never did not give him a gift again. But anyway, every year, my mother would put us to bed right after the Lone Ranger, if you're old enough to remember that. That would be 7.30 at night. We were always in bed at 7.30. Those were the days. She would then hop on the last bus downtown because my father refused to drive her, to go to Chandler and Maps, the lumber yard by the railroad track that sold Christmas trees. Hmm? She would hop on the last bus. The house would be bereft of Christmas when she left when we went to bed after the Lone Ranger. Nothing was there. It was just the same old house. Same old house I cleaned. The same old house I, we lived in. Same old house. And then she hopped on the bus And I'll tell you what happened next after our first break. I'll be here when you get back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. You are at the second segment of our show today at the Visual Workplace all about letting the workplace speak. And today we're looking at beauty. We're looking at beauty as a quantum. We're looking at a, at beauty as something, a quantum, a thing, a condition that may be missing from your workplace. And we're looking at ways to bring it in. So I was telling you the story, my experience of beauty when I was a kid, in a really harsh 
upbringing. We were poor. That's all there was to it. And we were struggling. But Christmas changed things. So it's Christmas Eve, and my mom gets on the last bus downtown with a dollar in her pocket to buy a Christmas tree. It's Christmas Eve. The trees are going cheap, and she buys one. And then the bus driver picks her up on the way back on the very last leg of his trip before he goes home for Christmas. It was all worked out this way, year after year, year after year. I didn't know anything about it until many years later. But what I did know is that my mother brought home on the bus with the help of the bus driver an eight-foot tree. It was a tree that reached the ceiling. We had nine-foot, ten-foot ceilings. It was an old house, old-fashioned house. A big tree. And she would spend the rest of the night making magic happen. Lights, fully decorated, lots of angel hair, winding red and gold wreathing on the stairway railing, lights in the window, those little white candles with the orange flame bulb at the top in every window. We went to bed. The house was full of shadows and creakiness. We woke up in the morning to beauty, to this massive tree that sparkled. And even we had those little uh, lights that were in the shape of candles that bubbled. If you are old enough to remember that, Santa Claus had come. The house was transformed. Beauty came once again. Just a wonderful experience. And I see 20 to 40 plants every year, year in, year out, hundreds in a decade. That's my work. And when I go, I almost always do a visual site assessment against a set of hard criteria what I call categories of visual function, the 10 doorways. And yes, I've spent the past 35 years developing a methodology that helps companies transform visually. And the people who work in them learn the language of visual thinking, the transparent workplace, the brilliant workplace, the workplace that speaks. I know the methodology of conversion. I know what I'm looking for. But I am always alert to something else. The something else that isn't there. That is rarely there, in fact, beauty. And I want to talk about that. When I spoke, by the way, when I spoke to my colleagues here at Visual Thinking, Inc. about the show, one of them said, you know what? Find a different word. Don't even bother to use the word beauty or beautiful because people won't get it, especially the men. Why not use a word like clarity or openness? Well, it's not exactly an equivalent. How about loveliness? Oh, Even I have a hard time identifying with that term, loveliness at work. It just has a different implication. It wasn't useful to me. So I'm going with the word beauty. I'm going with the word beauty that inspires, beauty that lifts. And if you find yourself disconnecting because that is a word that you maybe have an allergy to, then find another. Find another long enough to listen to today's show because I mean this show to be useful to you. I mean it to trigger some new thinking perhaps and maybe some new action. Whether you're a CEO, in which case I really want to bend your ear, or a supervisor rushing around all day making the logistics work, or in sales, or an operator. Ask yourself, where is the beauty and how can I find it? How can I bring it to work? It isn't there now, but can I bring it? And I want to walk you through three moments or opportunities for beauty. The first one is about a flower pot and an overhaul and repair plant. The second one 
is about hallways, those long and endless identical avenues that go nowhere and then take you back again. And I want to talk about a locomotive engine. Okay? These stories. I've been thinking about this for a long time, but I'll begin with my most recent moment, my most recent encounter. It actually was the Thursday before Easter, this Easter, March the 31st. That Thursday, Easter came early this year. I think it was like the 25th or so of March. And I was in this locomotive overhaul and repair plant that I mentioned at the top of the show in the Midwest. If you're acquainted with (laughs) overhaul and repair, this is locomotive overhaul and repair, you know that the machining part is the cleaner operation because everything before you machine is full of Grime and grease and more grease, the drippy, droopy kind. Gunks and gunks of black grease. And you know what? I love overhaul and repair. It's where I began many, many years ago. But that may be because I didn't have to work there. It's a pretty brutal manufacturing environment. I love real manufacturing. I mean, things. Anyway, I had been on site for four days, and I was in town, happened to be in town on Sunday, Easter Sunday, and I happened to see on my way to the hotel a beautiful Easter lily, white and pure and strong and as beautiful as the spring that would soon arrive. I bought it. On Thursday night, and I was leaving on Friday, I had scheduled a trip back to the factory to talk to the third shift operators. It was about 10.15 or so to make sure they knew what was going on, to solicit their input, to get their comments, to carry back the message to to the team that was mostly working on the first shift, the improvement team. And I brought with me the lily. I had been planning to kind of leave it in the hotel, but I thought, no, this is so beautiful. Let me put it to a different use. Let me bring it to the plant. Let me put something of beauty on this shelf. And I put it on a just a material shelf, a forklift shelf. And it was just sitting there tall and straight, beaming forth. And I could not believe the response. People gathered around that lily pot as though it was a newborn baby or a little puppy, a thing of beauty. I was very moved, not just by their thanks, that's, that was nice, but by the realization that beauty in the plant was so wanted, and it was a rarity. A living, beautiful thing inside the factory walls was not exactly a part of the plan in this overhaul and repair production floor. And another feeling bubbled up in me. I said, why not? Why not beauty inside of the plant? Why not bring beauty into where we spend such a large chunk of our lives? I told you I'd been thinking about this. In fact, you'll find out In my final story of today, I've been thinking about it since 1992, feeling this kind of moment of awe because something beautiful had happened or been seen or been presented. The cynics amongst us will say, why not? Why shouldn't we bring beauty in? Well, let me tell you, people won't take care of the beauty once it arrives. If it's a plant, they won't water it. If, it, if it's a plant, when it withers, they won't remove it. It'll be more junk for us to have to deal with. And 
They'll expect management to pay for the plant and on and on. So that's an interesting bend on the conversation, but it's not the topic of today. I raise a different question. Why don't we bring beauty into the workplace? Said another way, what good things would happen if we did? As part of the plan, bring beauty in. As part of the process, we must look for ways. But we forget. We forget that we forgot that humans populate the workplace. We think it's the things of work that govern us. We think it's the thing we're making, the report we're writing, the customer we're contacting. But at its foundation, it's us humans who are there doing it. And if beauty pleases us outside of work, but we never bring it closer, then we are bereft of something very important. That which pleases us outside in our real life. What if work were part of your real life? What indeed? Doing it only for ourselves. Let's not even talk about rolling it out to the whole campus to the whole site let's just talk about beauty for you beauty for me yes I know I know what you know commonly accepted items of beauty do not include pinups but potted plants and yes yes I know if you work in an ISO class 7 clean room Potted plants are not an option. I know. I know all the objections. Not all, but many of them. But let's look for the exceptions because the exceptions are going to be larger than the objections. There are possibilities here to explore. And all I want you to do right now is take on the notion of the concept of beauty and imagine it in your work area. A thing of beauty that pleases you. And see if you feel the lift in just imagining it. You know, I remember Paul who worked in the bowels of an aluminum casting plant. He did excellent work and what a nice guy. And he ate a banana every day to keep his potassium levels up. And he put the the little sticker that was on the banana on one of the walls of his cell. And that wall, when I met that wall, was covered with Chiquita banana stickers. And for Paul, it was a thing of beauty. He added to it every day. And it was full, it was colorful, and he was trying to make shapes out of it. And it was something that really spoke to him. It was personal. It was his. It was a kind of secret garden. I liked it too, but he loved it his Chiquita banana sticker wall. It doesn't take much to make us happy, but it also doesn't take much to make us unhappy. So we want to switch that. We want to flip it. We want to bring new dimensions into the workplace, dimensions that are suitable for us because we are human. They are needed. And I have more to say about this. We're going into our second break. I will, uh, we will carry on the conversation. I'll be here when you get back.
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi, this is Gwendolyn. Welcome back to the Visual Workplace in our third segment. We're talking about beauty today. We're talking about its absence and how to bring it forward in the workplace. Its absence and what does it mean and why would it be absent? And how do we bring it back in? And certainly, one of the reasons why beauty has been absent from our workplace is that when the industrial revolution happened low these 200 years ago no one thought about beauty they thought about the things they thought about things that could be made and they thought about machinery making things in a more in a more plentiful and a more complete way than us single artisans could do instead of making shoes by hand we could make it by machine we could manufacture, we could multiply, we could repeat, and our focus it was on that. Hooray, good. And so we never thought about making the workplace beautiful as part of the requirement of having a workplace. As usual, as humans, we do things a little bit backwards, but give us a little time, we'll catch up. So this is a kind of catch-up show. This is catch-up. You're getting an 80% reduction in flow distance. You're getting an 80% reduction in flow time. Lean manufacturing is working for you. Visuality is working for you. You're getting 15 to 30% increase in productivity. The technologies are working. Take a breath. Take a moment. And say, okay, 
what is it that I want in here that would be unexpected but very, very necessary? And I want to posit to you that beauty could be one thing. I'm not talking about the kind of beauty that we find in Silicon Valley where people are working at their desks with their computers, with their programming, and they're surrounded by a very intentional, beautiful setting to keep them there. But we can learn. We can learn from Silicon Valley. We can learn from the way that Amazon and Google have set up their offices. Glass and sunlight, beautiful food, beautiful furnishings. To know that that's the way they motivate and keep their workforce in place because they have to be competitive in some way, and that's a way of doing it. I was at Upinar last week, wonderful Finnish company that does uh, tubing for plumbing and marvelous, marvelous application, all extrusion. Their hallways were fantastic. The shop floor itself was moving, kind of shifting in a better direction in terms of beauty. It was a functional shop floor, but the hallways were inspirational blue wall that says why do why is it that some of the best ideas come right out of the blue and there was this beautiful blue wall hmm? we'll talk about hallways in a moment beauty draws us we may have it only in our screensavers right now but I would warrant that the majority of us have scenes of Hawaiian beaches beautiful seascapes beautiful landscapes that which we can't get inside, we bring in on our screensaver. What is it that beauty does? Why does it draw us? Why do we seek it? And when I ask these things, I say two things back to myself. Well, beauty does it because it lifts my spirits. Beauty does it because it connects us. It connects us because beauty creates a common experience of lifting our spirits. We see a baby, we see beauty, and our hearts open. Our hearts open, yours and mine together. Swing that back to your company and the importance of revenue generation, the importance of work content as the trigger. Marketing, sales, after-service support, and on and on. Far away, far away operations that are connected by an invisible understanding that we are doing this together. It's invisible or is it tangible? Can we make it tangible? These mysterious connectors that make us one, can we find a common thread that uplifts us, positive, that creates in us a feeling, connectivity? I don't watch a lot of sports, but when I do, it's usually just for a short while, soccer, football, I am so intoxicated by the beauty of the sport itself. Mm-hmm. It connects me. It draws me. Beauty as a quantum, a condition of work, and it is almost entirely absent from the workplaces that I go to. We know it in its absence. Don't think that your workplace is immune or off limits. None are. Think. What would it be like if there was a spot of beauty in your workplace? And for a moment... 
the rules about no foreign non-work content items disappeared. By the way, most of those rules came to us from Japan, a culture for which beauty is synonymous with life itself. You should see what they put into a teacup, making a tea, and what I mean is making a teacup. Some of those teacups cost $600 a piece. Some of them cost 6000 because they're beautiful. Not just the temples and the homes, but the food and the presentation of the food, the aesthetic, a fancy word for the beauty thing. In my mind, it is one of the reasons why 5S came so naturally to the mind of Taiichi Ono in Japan, the co-architect with, with Shigeo Shingo of, as I mentioned before, the Toyota production system. He was the inventor of 5S, and he did it for a safety reason. He noticed that people didn't work so well when they felt under physical threat when there was risk. So he organized some steps that turned into 5S to relieve that. And in the hands of the Japanese, 5S evolved, and it became a thing of beauty. It just comes naturally. The Japanese culture has a natural bend towards making it beautiful. We see that also in Feng Shui. Extending orderliness, extending balance into the realm of physical harmony. Feng Shui, which is the art and science of spatial arrangement, spatial orientation in order to develop what's called the flow of energy, qi. Many of you are familiar with this. Feng Shui claims that placement can trigger or obstruct favorable outcomes. It's kind of like a set of laws that govern beauty. A mirror here, a potted plant there. What would it be like if beauty was a quantum? A quantum that you could introduce into your work area. And eventually the company. What would the impact be? In terms of better work, better time, better delivery, better sales. Hmm? What is beauty as an economic factor? What if that were true? What if beauty were a motivator? You know, remember Abraham Maslow and his hierarchy of needs. It's a ladder of needs that motivate us. It's very famous, very useful. Remember, Maslow was a psychologist. He wanted to understand why humans did what they did, he created a model. And it's held up over the eons he worked around World War II. Four basic levels plus two more. We, need, we are motivated by the need for food and shelter. We are motiv- That's number one. We are motivated by the need to feel secure, being and feeling safe. That's two. Three, we are motivated, and this is a ladder, so we started at the bottom, we're now on the third rung, moving upwards. We are motivated, once we are fed and sheltered and feel safe, by friendship and love, our need for affection and affiliation. It's hard for us to seek friendship when we can't find food. That was his thinking, and that actually has proven true. In so many of the desperate places of the world today, we see that. Families who are leaving beautiful homes struggling to find a new home, it's very hard for them to feel affiliative or diplomatic or high-minded when they're simply trying to eat and to feed their children. This is a desperate need, a desperate motivator. So we have physical needs, security needs, friendship and love, 
And number four, esteem. But not when we're hungry and our children are starving. But we will feel the need to distinguish ourselves and be admired by others as we move up this ladder, this hierarchy. These are the outcomes that we miss when we don't have them. Maslow called them D-needs or deficiency needs. When they're deficient, they come screaming into our lives. They dominate our lives. We want it. We need it now. We're going to get it. We reach for what's missing in our lives in a certain order. And Maslow added two more levels as he himself matured in his own model. He talked about self-actualization, the need for us to actually become the best person we can be, and finally, towards the end of his career, self-transcendence, a much less common motivator. And it's not exactly that. It's just that everything else has to be in place. But this is the one that shines for higher goals outside of ourselves, altruism, spirituality. It makes sense. And I included, if you get our newsletter, and I hope you do, I included uh, an example of Maslow's hierarchy, and you can go to Wikipedia and learn more. And what I'm saying today is, let's add beauty as a motivator and a satisfier. I'm adding it because I, it's missing for me. It was important in my offices and in my specific office, and I have things of beauty around me, things that inspire and uplift. And I can only think that you are me. And you have the same need, but you may not expect it at work. And let me give you some other handles to hang on, and then we'll move into hallways. You've heard me say this a dozen times and do whole shows on it. The mind is a pattern-seeking mechanism. Even if there's no pattern there, if there's chaos, the mind will still seek a pattern. The mind will seek it. That's the strength of the mind. It makes us fantastic problem solvers. It allows us to move from solution platform to solution platform, which gives us the capacity to become scientific, progressively moving forward. That's part of our brain function. So we are looking for orderliness. We are looking, we are trying to find, we are seeking a pattern even in chaos, if the pattern is there, and you could call pattern the first stage of beauty, it will lead to more and better, more refinement. This using patterns as a stepping stone. And here's another tasty little tidbit. 50% of our brain function is dedicated to finding and interpreting visual information. Visual information Hmm? 50% of our brain is already ready to organize, appreciate, and understand the outside world. It is a matter of brain function, our senses. But what happens if there is no visual information? You could call it sensory underload. Ah, but I see we have to take our third break now. So let's take our third break, and I will add to this. Hopefully, I'll get to the, the hallways when you get back. I'll be here. See you in a minute. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. Hi, this is our last segment of our show today on beautiful Why Not at Work. What would it be like if we brought beauty as a quantum, as a condition, as a criterion for what a suitable and useful workplace would look like? Just before the break, I was talking about the fact that our brain, we are hardwired to find and interpret the world around us through the sense of sight. 50% of our brain function is dedicated to finding and interpreting visual information. What happens if there is none? Sensory underload. Our senses have nothing to feed on. Nothing nourishes us. You've heard about all the mice studies where the monotony, monotony itself is provided as an experimental condition and the little mice go mad. We go mad. We get angry. And that causes us, some of us, either to, to act out and others of us to go numb. Hmm? There are repercussions. We may not have named them yet. But they are there. And they are there in the level of dysfunction that happens to us personally. And it rolls up into work. Rolls up into work. All I want you to do in this show, please, is just think about these things. I'm not selling you a service. I'm not selling you a solution. I simply want you to notice what you need and that it can be available to you Maybe in small doses. Let me give you an example. Hallways. Those long, beige, endless, mindless hallways. 
I was in a medical device uh, plant in Delaware, and these hallways were the most powerful part of my experience because I could not go down them without an escort, without an escort, nor could I come back. I was completely powerless. I was like a child. There was no information sharing, and there was also a sense of lost and a sense of powerlessness and a sense of manipulation in a way. I was a child again. I didn't like it. And I spoke to the people there. I said, you know, you want to take on a project that will change the work culture here where everyone is closed off in their warren of rooms because all of the testing in this medical device organization had to be done separately within walls, completely contained. Do something with your hallways. Let them think. Let's think of the hallways not as nothing when they're empty and endless and beige and long, but rather, and not even as ugly, but rather let's think of them as an empty canvas, an opportunity, an opportunity for beauty, an opportunity to help them speak, an opportunity to help the hallways contribute to the work of the work, but also to our spirit, my shorthand today for my need, my need for beauty. Populate the halls, even if it is only with a colored line that says this way to XYZ testing and a a green line for that one and a blue line going along the hallway this way to the cafeteria and an orange line that might say this way to the restrooms. Anything to help us orient, there's the pattern, there's the first level of answer. Do that with these hallways. You'll have to have a macro team talking about it, working it out, but it isn't hard. And then go further. Go further and make the walls contribute. You can go further by making them simply beautiful with landscapes, or you can put the corporate intent on the wall. You can put, for example... The plan or the roadmap. I'm looking right now at the best sequence of walls that I've ever seen, hallways, and I'm happy to send you these pictures. You email us and say, send me the pictures of the, of the China walls. This was in the basement of the Holiday Inn. Golly, it was somewhere near Shanghai. And I happened to wander down there because I was, took a wrong turn. I was trying to find the pool, and I found myself in this incredible hallway that was full of inspirational information and beautiful, beautiful design. Beautiful design. Round design, square design, maps, stars. Very tastefully done. It was in Chinese, but the one part is, here's some English sentences. We are all around the world because this was, um, I think they're called international hotels. Another wall said, championing the real you in English. Another line, a green line, said that took you somewhere, what is your passion? In English, the walls were utilized. The walls were utilized. Hmm? You can transform them, and this is my final point of the day, through human thought, through human imagination. You can bring beauty in. It will take a little bit more because this requires authorization and you know, carefulness and it can get stuck in committee. 
but you can experiment with this. You can do this in the walls of your own offices. Put pictures of the people who are using your products, the families who are consuming your products and who are finding happiness and usefulness in it. Do this on your shop floors. Have the pictures of the people who are using your devices so that you understand the connectivity, the beauty of your work is another way of bringing it in. Early in my career, I'm giving you a final thought now. I was invited to a locomotive factory, this time uh, outskirts of Chicago, a huge plant. They weren't overhaul and repair. They were actually manufacturing these things. And I remember the moment when I was rushing off across an immense production environment to some meeting or other, and then I saw something, and that something stopped me in my tracks. It was a brand spanking new engine, 72,000 tons 72,000 tons, block, cylinder and all, floating across the production floor, floor because things were rather primitive in this plant in 1992. Final assembly and test was as far away from the shipping dock as you could imagine. And so 70, th- this engine block moved across the floor. And I stopped in my track. I was awestruck. It was perfect. It shone lit from within and I realized it was human thought. I was looking at human thought and it had been made manifest and it was beautiful. The feeling was overwhelming. I was moved to tears, literally. And I want to say to you, You can find beauty in your workplace and you can bring it in, but it may already be there in the beauty of human thought, the work that you're doing made manifest. This isn't actively bringing beauty to the workplace. This is the workplace itself. It was a seminal moment for me, a revolutionary moment where I made a deep commitment to manufacturing in the workplace, later, okay, healthcare and offices, but it was very real for me there in that locomotive factory because I suddenly got it. And we need to bring reminders of that, bring reminders that we come to work in these bodies and these bodies are fueled by something that is intangible. How is it that the things that make us up have no mass? And yet I'm clearly, I clearly got mass, but where does it come from? The things that motivate me, the things that inspire me, have no mass. You must find ways to bring this in so that all of you comes to work, all of you wants to be there, and all of you contributes. Mm -hmm. Because you're present in the rest of your life, why not also at work? And someday we'll have this conversation. It'll be trackable and we'll be able to tell you the economic impact of bringing beauty. But right now we're having our first conversation. And we'll see what your letters and emails say in response. I would love to hear from you on this. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm signing off. Let the workplace speak. appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. 
Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management